What's up, freaks? Now, we've gotten so much hate mail about the It's All Over Harry Belly artwork that we've been forced to take action at this point. The amount of physical letters we're getting each day has become totally overwhelming, and it's starting to become a real environmental concern, to be frank. The landfills, the recycle centers, all that kind of stuff. So we've caved. You win, okay? We are going to keep our same vibe here on the podcast, though, because to us, that's sacred. But... We do think the planet and humanity will be better off if we focus it around what we've given our whole life to so far, and that's creating music and living the unique experiences that come out of that. Because all we're ever really doing is making music and bullshitting and talking and telling stories. So it's all about songs and stories in the end. So that's us. That's what the Emory culture is about. We love doing our songs and stories live events. Uh, Those are awesome, and that's pretty close to what we do here anyway. So we'll probably start to bring more music focus into this show show uh, as well and do songs on it. Who knows? We'll just see where it takes us. And if we want to change it again, we certainly will because, you know, we kind of enjoy evolving and changing anyway. Also, for the first episode of this iteration, how do you like this? Toby and Lunsford decided to skip for some whatever reasons they had. So this one's just a nice natural convo with me and Devin and Chad Johnson and Johnny Grimes from Furnace Fest where we react to the lineup drop for Furnace Fest 23. So it's awesome. I think you'll love the episode, and we'll see you. And thank you to everybody in Emeryland for making this show exist and funding so many of the things that we do. We've got the second part of every episode, Extra Hour Part Due, that Emeryland members get. All you got to do is join, and you will get that every week as well. We're going to keep that going just as it is. All right. So we'll just keep that one just like it is. And, yeah, this song right here is Devin singing a Billie Eilish song, My Future. So that will be out on Spotify next week. So there's a song. Now here comes some stories. All right, let's do this. Johnny and Chad, nice. glad to be here tonight. Good. A bunch of talk about, to talk about. We're going to get to the lineup, you know, really pretty quickly here. But I do want to spend a few minutes and let people uh, know Johnny and his background and yeah. the evolution of the festival and how it came to come back again um, yeah. and some of those kinds of things before we get to the lineup. It's going to be really exciting. So, Johnny, you live in Birmingham. Chad's in Nashville. How did you and Chad get hooked up in the first place um, for this redoing of the festival? Did you know him all the way back from Slacker 66 and all that? Yeah, yeah. So I met Chad at Slacker 66 going to shows and buying CDs at his at his uh, his record shop. So uh, we've known each other for a long time and just going to shows mm-hmm. developed, a, developed a great relationship. You know, like many other people, Chad was just a, a great mentor and a friend. And so we got to know each other really well. And, um, and so I wasn't involved in the planning or execution of the first furnace fest, but I went and I went in support of Chad by climbing the fence and, and, uh, <laughs> sneaking in and, and having a great time and jumping on stage and tackling Jordan from newfound glory and, and almost getting kicked out. But, um, but how old so, were you? I was, I was 20 at that time. So, uh, yeah, that I mean, was I had bad. to, I, I had to I had to help pry Johnny off of Jordan's sweaty body and (laughs) threaten him with, you know, expulsion from the festival like a principal. If he were to jump on stage and bear hug the singer or anyone else again. (laughs) So you were working security at that time as well as everything else back then. I was a bouncer. I mean, I'm 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 a pretty big dude. I was a bouncer. Can you guys tell me? Yeah, I was just going to say, can you tell me a little bit real quick about the first Furnace Fest? Because 
you guys know this, I told you before, but that we were five hours away at, in college in Rocket, South Carolina, and we had a little glimpse of this and that from listening to Deep Elm Records, and we knew Tooth and Nail, and we, knew, we started to hear about Take Hold, all this stuff, but we didn't really know what the scene was. We didn't have it where we were, or we didn't know about it. But we didn't get, we didn't really get to be a part of the first Furnace Fest because we weren't really technically a real band yet. I mean, we we're just getting started. So what were those first years of Furnace Fest like? I mean, you were, Chad, you had bands coming through uh, your, your venue. You're kind of getting to know some up and coming bands. So what made you decide to put on a festival? And then how was it? Like, what was that like so early on in this indie world? Because there wasn't many of these kind of festivals happening at this time, right? No, I mean, Maybe it's cornerstone ish, right? I right? mean, there was yeah, there was Cornerstone, Tom Fest, uh, mm-hmm. trying to think there, uh, Crazy Fest, Hell Fest. I mean, there yeah. were some, but yeah, the, the, there were not many. Not many. Well, it was a complete and total uh, disaster, you know, like from <laughs> a from a business sense right. because it it never made any kind of business sense. I mean, I, I mean, it was it, it would be like if as a 20 maybe 25 year old you convince your newlywed wife that the best idea you could come up with is put together a three-day festival and just invite a bunch of bands and hopefully you'll be able to pay them when it's all over i mean it, it was extremely unorganized but i think all of us were just so young and it was just so exciting to be together and People, kids showed up um, at the at a level that was. I mean, we had some really cool shows in Birmingham, not just at Slacker, but at other venues. But Furnace Fest was like, whoa! This is to see a band like like Strong Arm reunite or the Dillinger Escape Plan playing that shed stage at night before any of us really knew what was possible. Uh, when the, when, you know, when the sun goes down <laughs> in, in the shed, mm-hmm. um, it was, yeah, man, it was, I don't know. It was very, how would you describe it, Johnny? I mean, it just, it's, it was super unique in the sense that it wasn't cornerstone or it wasn't crazy fast. Like, um, I'm, you know, I, we went to Atlanta and Nashville and we went, we would go to Florida for shows and, and festivals, but in Birmingham, um, the scene was so unique because there were, there was a crush warehouse was like the Christian venue. And if you're a Christian band, that's where you play. But if you weren't Christian, you didn't play there. Uh, and then you had like American beat and big dance and all these overtly like this is where your secular punk bands and hardcore bands would play. But Slacker was this kind of like, you know, silly, but like it was this, it was this, you know, venue where all these bands merged together and played. And it was for the most part, it was relatively friendly. That's the uh, thing that seems that like is that is so you know <laughs> magical m- might not be the right word but it's just that crossover thing where you're connecting s- scenes from Christian right. to not right. that just turns out to just have been a huge thing that I think so really added part, value yeah. from like separate <laughs> worlds all of a sudden and it starts around the time that technology and con- connection internet and BYOFL but yeah. there's some breakthrough there that people like you and Brandon and other people just understood. It's like you can, they can connect all these things now. Yeah. 
And that's okay. and that's what made Furnace Fest so unique is that you would have strong arm and the Dillinger Escape Plan playing, and that's what it made it so unique. And um, when I attended all 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 2000 to 2003 attended every year and you just knew like this was something special it was kind of cool of course the venue is amazing um but you knew yeah. that this was just something that was a little bit different and it was unique and to be able to experience it was man it was it was really cool yeah so that, that was our transition time we would yeah. move from seattle we moved to seattle in 2001 you know and then it took us till 2003 to get to where we could play good enough and had good enough songs and could just make an impact in the local scene or whatever to get noticed and write these songs and stuff like that. So, and by that time, Chad's all you know out in Seattle and we play in the basement of Tooth and Nail. Were you there for that basement show at Tooth and Nail when we I was right? Wow, <laughs> yeah. you know what that I mean? So, so it's awkward. like this weird full circle things. We heard to take cold and deep elm all that stuff. Furnace Fest started and then we both migrate to Seattle and then we do that you know, meet up in that basement, I guess, pretty much. Yeah, that is crazy. Wow. I think one of the things that, that helped Furnace Fest in the, the original days feel so special and be, and be so unique was that so many of the artists were already connected. They, they were already touring together. They're already playing together. So it, it did have a, like a family reunion kind of feel that, that wasn't just, these are all random varied bands that have never actually interacted with one another so it was just like oh what's up dude you're here man how was the this thing how's that tour how's this going yeah um, but yeah it was so that was in the dna from the get-go yeah yeah i, th yeah. I think it was that reunion that, feel because that's all it, that was mm -hmm. what was just really crazy at the first one back oh yeah Johnny, how is it true that you were you talked Chad into getting back to doing it? Like, what was that process of? I, mean, I think of, so. Um, you becoming yeah. a partner in no, Furnace it's Fest. One hundred percent true. Not I think so. It is true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm. I mean, I'm the kind of guy that's fairly persistent, and it, you know, I'm very goal driven, and I'm like, okay, I want to do this. I want to see it happen, and so I just continue to pick away at it, and so my persistence. Uh, and then again, we, you know, Ryan, who's a, a business partner of ours in Nashville was also kind of in Chad's other year. And so he was getting hit from all sides. But, um, but I think what really brought it together for Chad was, is when we decided to, you know, Chad was like, I don't know if anybody would care. And I said, well, let me, let me just make a post on Facebook again. I don't have a large presence on social or anything like that. I'm just a, a business guy who owns hair salons and a few other things. So, I grabbed some photos from I think 2001 and just posted it on Facebook and said, "Hey, would anybody be interested in a Furnace Fest reunion?" and and people went crazy over it. Uh, and um, it doesn't necessarily go viral in the sense that things go viral these days, but for us, it it very much went viral. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of comments and and uh, the one thing that you know I was like, this could really happen was you know. Uh, Stretch Armstrong has been one of my favorite bands, you know, since I was a teenager, absolutely love the band and, uh, but didn't have a relationship with the guys at this point in time. And Scott um, saw the post and posted on it and was like, man, this would be awesome. And so I remember sending it to Chad going, look, stretches in, so let's do it. And, uh, and so cool. at that point in time, we all got together and we were just like, let's give it a go. Let's try it. Look, you know, we can only miserably fail. You know, that's not the worst thing that's going to happen in life. Right. 
Yeah. And that's when I was like, let's, let's do a Kickstarter. Yeah. So, <laughs> of course, you know, thankfully got, got vetoed. Did, I, I really think that, you know, you, I know you did come and live and there's something that's just really connected about the whole scene from what, what I would consider to be the support model in mm -hmm. that people, you know, even when they're buying your vinyl sometime or buying tickets, they they're, they are supporting something they value and they want to exist or whether they join Emeryland or whatever. It's just like you people want to fund things that they want to exist. So that the whole, the whole crowdfunding movement, you know, you come out of that from being a missionary and that kind of stuff. But it, it's not I mean, it is it is fundamentally connected to what we do is that people yeah. wanting to support the thing. Yeah, I think it I think it will probably would have apps. I mean, the same thing that happened once we announced Beloved, had we actually gone the Kickstarter route, I think we would have been incredibly shocked by yeah, the it. response and it would have blown all of our expectations out of the water and everyone would be like, OK, this is, you know, this is happening. But um, but thankfully, the Mike's point was this is going to look really unprofessional to agents <laughs> and managers and anyone that's thinking that's about That's what's you know, so good about it this. though. Right. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like these guys clearly don't have money. They're doing a Kickstarter. <laughs> <laughs> They're trying to fund their little their little fledgling festival mm -hmm. from 20 years ago and yeah. see if anybody cares. Uh but it was the fact that bands like August Burns Red um from like right from the get-go we're like it was it almost felt like there came a point where the bands were coming so they're coming in so hot that we were the ones that were like man like we would be complete idiots not to do this like clearly like like bands were beginning to like like johnny said about scott from stretch like they were it was the artists who were the ones pounding down the doors more than yeah. mm -hmm. any of us as promoters that and that's what to me that that's when like w my old kind of like a and r brain was like oh maybe my old promoter brain or something was like oh this is this is different like everybody seems yeah. to want to be a part of this what in well, the world well that's so how so did cool. you mitigate that risk that like it turns into what like you know, how much, like, how big did it get? How fast? And how did you, like, know that you were doing right with the numbers and stuff? There, there was no mitigating risk. It was just. No, uh, there was. There was. There was. Uh, I mean, there Come was just on, us. Man. You know, it was kind of a hope and a prayer at the beginning. It was. Know? That's true. It was. But then Johnny's right. But but before the, it, my from my perspective, the real risk involved the main stage because yeah. of the 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 size not just of the stage and the production but of filling it like all those extra bands and at most of them at much higher guarantees um but thankfully by that point we had we had sold out the original footprint and it was like okay well this thing is now in the black and in theory it has made money even though you know, a huge chunk of that was, was caught up in a, with a credit card company that didn't want to pay us and um, did not pay us until two, was it two or three months after the festival? 
Yeah, it was, they, it was they two finally, months after the festival wouldn't pay. We, I mean, I've never followed up with someone so religiously. So Johnny, too. I mean, all the time, every week. Hey, what's going on? When? What do you need? Blah, blah, blah. And it's just, ah, oh, man. So you were able to roll the, I can't even imagine how you roll the finances forward starting from zero there to to make that happen, I guess. But you sold the tickets or whatever and kept getting bigger and bigger, I guess. But so you just scaled it on up. Well, we were, I mean, the way, kind of the way that we handled it, we didn't start with a lineup like we do these days where it's, it's 90 bands. Here you go. Hope everybody's happy. It was a few bands at a time. Like we, we, announced beloved we announced further i can't remember a few bands and then january one we're like okay there's a thousand tickets available and then those tickets went in in like a couple of hours and we're like whoa this is so then there was okay now we got some funding to add some more bands and then so it it did sort of organically grow um and i feel like we were just letting the fans tell us what you know like what should we do next yeah Yeah. so we got to like twelve thousand tickets on mm-hmm. that first year and were the expenses really worth seven figures spent more than a million dollars to put it on yeah yeah That's so crazy I mean, yeah, yeah i mean putting on a music festival i mean blew our mind i mean we didn't realize that it was going to cost so much money but you guys understand that you know the music industry is extremely expensive whether it be yeah. the talent budget production security insurance i mean just everything's so significantly more expensive these days and um, and so, yeah, it, it quickly got over six figures. And that's and, and like I say, that it was just all a hope and a prayer as as we realized that, you know, this thing is a massive endeavor and it's going to be a significant cost to us. Um, we we were very strategic and saying, OK, if if we're going to make these decisions, this how this is what it's going to look like. And we're essentially going to have to back into these things. Let's sell, you know, a couple hundred tickets. And then let's lock this band in. Let's sell a couple hundred tickets and let's pay our insurance premium. And so we were very strategic and methodical on how we paid out um, so that we didn't get into a position where we were like, well, we've got a $40,000 invoice that we can't pay. So even with this credit card company who locked us out and kept over $300,000 of ours over two months after the festival, thankfully, we were able to kind of stair step those invoices and we were in good graces with people they were like that's fine and so as soon as they would release money we'd be able to pay that so we were strategic but yeah it's expensive to put a music festival on man would it be fair to say y'all been pulled into full-timeness ever since that like you know you guys became the furnace fest guys then since since then you've been being this role it's your like a big identity piece for you guys yeah yeah, I mean it's it's a it I would say that the full timeness really comes down to the season. There are seasons where it's 100% uh game on and and energy, <laughs> you know, like just output uh extraordinaire, but but then there are seasons where it's like, well, Johnny's Johnny's going to handle that thing, Mike's going to deal with this thing, Ryan's booking the bands. Uh, I'm like, uh, I don't really have that. I'll do a podcast, you know? I mean, it's, mm-hmm. there are times where it's not bad at all. So, but it's because there's four of us that are splitting things up and, and then others who are like Elena, who are helping us where there's a, th- th- there's a community behind this thing that m- make it work 
in a way that takes a, a, a massive burden off of our shoulders so that we can all still maintain jobs and families and lives outside. It obviously, it obviously means a lot to a lot of people. It does. Mm-hmm. Man. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's vital to a large group of people. And that's what's so cool about what we were saying before is like, this feels like early on when you make this festival, you guys, you know, you, you, you did it knowing you weren't going to make money. You know, early on, you just did it because you're like, I feel like this needs to be done to a degree. I mean, yeah. people are hoping to make money, but the bands, I mean, they, and they know, okay, we're going to go pay for, we're going to go play for a little bit of money and hopefully something comes of it. But they did it because they knew it was something they probably needed to do for not only their own band, but for the scene. Yeah. And so that's what's so cool about this whole thing is it's like, it like, like Matt said, it is a support system. It's something that doesn't really exist in the mainstream music. People don't necessarily buy Pearl Jam because they want to support Pearl Jam. They buy Pearl Jam because they like their music or, but in our world, it's like literally you've seen people who go from being poor teenage kids coming to shows, watching bands who make a hundred bucks a night to being adults who make Mm -hmm. good money for a living that want to give you more money than you ask them to give you. Right. Like to buy more t-shirts to to donate money to whatever. Some of the best bands you've ever seen lose money to play for you. Like you yeah, know that mm-hmm. is a thing. Right. Some of the mo- the coolest bands you've ever seen, you know they're breaking even, losing money well, to be there. Yeah. yeah, and the beautiful thing about that is, and not to be cheesy, but it's very much an identity. I mean, this is who we are, and right. the, the cool thing about the four of us is that we're all fans. But also mm-hmm. beyond be- being fans, we lit- like we believe in the ideals and principles that are hardcore and punk rock. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so. Um, and so people give to that and people rally around that. That's why we have a Facebook community group with 13,000 people in there. I mean, right. look, I mean, there are great music festivals all over the country, but I don't know of one that has an online community like we do, mm-hmm. where these people literally get together all over the country at random points in the year just to hang out and have a good time. Yeah. It's yes. amazing. And one of the things that stands out to me is that everybody just brings and gives what they do. You mentioned Elena before, but like somebody like her is just giving it endless amounts of time and energy endless. to just connect yeah. people and do stuff. And it yeah. just matters. It just works. It's like it, you, things wouldn't happen well, if there weren't multitudes of people like that. Yeah. So she's you, a special one. She is a special one. And to give you an example of something that happened last year, you know, the economy was in the, you know, in the tank last year. And so it was difficult for a lot of people, especially if you're traveling to Birmingham, Alabama, which is a third dairy market or whatever, you know, at best. So it's very expensive to travel here. We realized that a lot of people were not going to be able to travel or to, to buy tickets um, last year because of the economy. And so we, we launched this ticket relief program. We, we didn't, I mean, we posted online, hey, if you need help, let us know. We're going to try to figure out how to get you guys here. Well, we didn't ask anybody if they would support us in the ticket relief program. People just started emailing us, texting us, and sending us messages online going, hey, I want to give 500 bucks towards this to help sponsor somebody. And uh, and we were just blown away about it. But that's just one testimony of what such a, a great community that's been built 
not only just around Furnace Fest, but just around punk and hardcore in general. Yeah. That these people are like, well, look, man, I may not know this person, but I'm going to do my best to help them to get here so they can experience this and we can all yeah. experience this together. So it's been really unique and really cool. Well, that was also what was so really cool about- like. Go ahead, David. Sorry. Sorry, I was going to say, tag on to that real quick. That was what was so cool about that first year coming back in 2020. Was It, it was 2020, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, after so 2021. COVID. 2021, sorry, after yeah. the pandemic. Um, right. So that was what was so cool about that, being there, the bands and all the fans and the whole thing, it felt like, it felt like a celebration of what we've accomplished. Like that's – more than a, a music festival, it felt like a bunch of fans and a bunch of bands that were kind of on this even playing field. It didn't feel like there's all these, you know, rocker dudes and all these peasants mm-hmm. walking around. <laughs> it felt like we're, we all built something and this is where we are. We get to celebrate what we've built. It, it, there was no bands that were, were jealous of other bands. Every, every band was watching each other. Everybody was celebrating what was happening. And that was what was so neat about that. And that it just felt like a – that's what felt to me so different than a normal festival. It just felt like a, a, this real celebration of a community that was built that everybody kind of had a hand in. So that was yep. what was really neat to me about that. Sorry, just to tag on to what y'all were saying. And that, it has to have the Christianity has to be a part of that. And I know it's not even a Christian thing like anymore, but some of the shared values of, I mean, that's in there. It's like the values that are there are really of the community. Like Christians are really good at that. Like the Tom Fest you mentioned and stuff. I mean, it's just that there's something there that where people are a little bit more supportive of one another That that's really – Really neat yeah. is the way I would put that. And it's like um, you you have that 2020, 2021 festival happens, and then all of a sudden this whole thing is back, and it's just, you know, it's crazy. And that community that is there in that Facebook group, it's going to last a really long time. Well, Even yeah. it's the, the relationships in there are going to last longer than Facebook probably ever lasts, you know, like <laughs> or when Facebook groups aren't a thing anymore, those relationships will still be a thing. Cause it's real somehow. Yeah. Yeah. I don't necessarily know if it's exclusive to Christianity, but definitely that's a, that's a huge part of our ethos and who we are as individuals and how we just live our lives. But again, it's, it's, it's some of that, um, it's those principles in which I think, um, I guess cross ideologies and, and, yeah, and, lifestyles. Right. and so, yeah. um, so you can have somebody that's there that's completely, unreligious or whatever, unbelieving, but still kind of cling to those core values of community. Yeah, that's right. And those types of things. And that's, again, that's what's so beautiful about it. Well, let's get, let's get to some really exciting stuff. Let's talk about lineup. Let's talk about, do it. you know, I guess by the time this airs, we're recording this, the announcement's coming out on what, Wednesday? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So this is a few days later, um, but I feel privileged to have gotten the, Flyer. I'm looking at the flyer right now. I see all the bands. At, you know, so I'm all I can do is read them. Read, Devin, do you have them? Uh, yeah, I'm pull them up here real quick. Pull them up here. So I mean, all I can do is say them out loud day by day, and we can react to the bands and stuff that we're going to. I mean, that's that's what there yep, seems yep. to be to do now because this is very exciting. So I got September 24th, 22nd to 24th, 2023. Tickets and more at FurnaceFest.us. I'm looking at this poster. The poster looks good. The first year's art was the was the coolest, the way it looked hand-drawn yeah, by the awesome. Sharpie. But this one looks really good, too, now that I see it in its fullness. It's awesome. So 
there's some story about Friday becoming a, a full day. So that's been really yeah. awesome, right? That's the, yeah. that's what we're leading with here is that Friday yeah. is now a full day um, when it wasn't going to be before. How did that work out? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things that in theory we thought made sense when we when we approached this year because we I think that there is an idea that if we did exclusively a shed bash, like just one stage on Friday, that that would that would give everybody a little more breathing room to only turn up on Saturday and Sunday. And so then we'd make those two days the, the main days. But then, of course, what happened is is like the backlash from people that kept telling us, like, well, there's no band for me. I, I want to be there on Friday. But there's no bands for me, or there's nothing that's really like my thing, and uh, and so I'm, you know, so then I think we just, it was something like I, I, I don't know, we just toyed well, with the idea, and then we made that decision because we were so exhausted. Last year was true. so difficult; it was so yeah, hard, so hard, and we were so stressed, and we were just glad it was over. To be honest with you, we were like, we can't do three days, and so let's just do a shed bash. And let's uh, on Friday and do Saturday and Sunday. So it was made out of pure exhaustion, frustration and stress. And um, and then we realized, you know, with just through our community that, hey, we want more. And so we got to the place where we finally go, hey, guys, are we are we not opening up Friday because we're frustrated with what happened last year and all the stress that came with that? and if so, should we go ahead and open it up? And the great news is, is we decided to take that leap of faith, so to speak, and open the main stage, open pond stage, shed stage. So it's a full festival day on Friday. Awesome. Well, yeah, right. you know, people already know by now, but it's MXPX headline and Friday night. I'm going to oh, read man. all of these and then we'll react to them because if we stop and talk about every band, we'll never, ever finish <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> But I'm going to try to read this. So MXPX, really big. Then we got Hatebreed, Amberlynn, and Reliant K. Wow. All three of those go perfectly together, by the way. That's (laughs) unbelievable. That's just so cool. That one line of the secondary billing says Hatebreed, Amberlynn, Reliant K. That's freaking sick. That's so cool. And then I've got, I don't even know all of the bands here, so I might mispronounce them, but Alcoa, Braid, Gideon, Holy Wars, Hopes Fall, Kid Liberty, Knuckle Puck, Made aware, ninety pound wuss, no cure, no trigger, Norma Jean, open hand, orthodox, piebald, project yeah. eighty six, showbread, slow pulse, Sparta, Sparta, Taylor Acorn, walls of Jericho, with the blood comes cleansing, wit set with honor and vain FM. I want to react to so many of those. That's just Friday. You got yeah. Sparta just discovered. I just I discovered today that uh, I, I told Ryan Ward, who is the singer uh, in Brain behind Witset, that I was like, you got this one song that sounds so much like Emery. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I think we sang on one of their songs. Yeah. yeah, he's like, that's because they were on it. I was like, oh, that's good. That's I'm glad why. you didn't just steal them. <laughs> I didn't even so, know Sparta was playing. I just saw Sparta. Sparta yeah, is Sparta. a huge band for us. Love we love Sparta. Sparta. Yeah, yeah, Sparta's great. That's Incredible. so cool. 
So the ones I'm wanting to react, I mean, I'm wanting to react to every single thing. So MXPX is obviously going to be awesome. Reliant K, perfect addition there. Yeah, uh, Amberlynn obviously belongs, but Hatebreed, that is so good. That is such, I mean, Reliant K and Hatebreed. On the same line, it's yes, so, that's, yeah, the no. be- that's the best. That's the best. To me, it kind of it shows you the heartbeat in, uh, like, at at its purest level. Absolutely, yeah. that embodies Furnace Fest from the very beginning. This is like yeah. maybe to a newcomer, they'd see this and be like, "What the? This is this doesn't this doesn't make any sense at all." But if you were there at the start, you would know that. Well, half of us were youth group kids. Half mm-hmm. of us were in involved in our churches we were putting on shows in our churches christianity and christian faith were were, were like incredibly tightly knit to what we were doing in our everyday sort of lives but then as johnny was talking about there's all these other bands on the other side where that just wasn't the case and um, Furnace Fest tried to to make space for everybody and set the table for everybody and invite everybody to it. So the Hate Breed and Reliant K, <laughs> so good, that's right? Wow. That is yeah. so so good. I just love that. Um, I I want to tell you personally that ninety pound wuss that is really amazing as a reunion yeah, that's uh, awesome. thing. And I want to tell oh, yeah. you that that being able to have them on there ha- is is a big deal for Jeff. Jeff's a friend of mine he, here in Seattle, and I had beers with him recently. When he and he he, he said, "Let's get together." He was talking about doing with you. He was talking about negotiating and what would it mean to be a band again, and how much money should they get? And he was so ex- he was so excited about this, and it's it's like a big deal to him. Like he's Jeff himself yeah. is like in a whole nother place now in life and just feeling so energized by this opportunity. So it, the fact that it creates the opportunity for reunion, of course it's good for the bill mm-hmm. and ticket sales and it's cool, but it like, it really creates this opportunity that people like Jeff really get to do something that just feels so, it just feels so good. He's so energized by it. Yeah. Um, and that's just personal on my end. I just, I, I can, I know yeah. it and see it in him that I'm he's so, so excited about it. I'm, yeah. I'm so stoked that he said, yes. And so that yeah, was me too. the thing that we were constantly, I know Chad and I were like 90 pound was man. It'd be so cool if they, those guys got back together. And so, you know, Jeff and I have a mutual friend, Alex early who lives mm-hmm. out in Seattle as well. And I was like, just hit him up. Just say, look, if he's interested, ask him if I can call him. And so he was like, That's okay, awesome. I'll, I'll hear this guy out. And so uh, <laughs> it didn't take many conversations, but, you know, as I just shared a little bit with him and he was like, you know what, let me talk to the guys. And so, yeah, that was one of those when they finally said yes, it was kind of like an Elliot moment. You know, we worked yeah. for three years to get Elliot to say yes. And they finally said yes. And so, you know, it's one of those moments where they're, of course, they're not a huge band, but they were so influential of their time. And to, for them to to be back on the stage, uh, I think is such a special thing. So I'm stoked those guys said yes. We're a huge Piebald fans. So that's that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Showbread that's, again. That's yeah, I got, a, I got a text from Josh in Showbread and he said, what did he say? He said something like, I vow to disown you as a friend if you don't get us on the same year that you bring in 90 pound wuss. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you talk about how much it means to someone like Jeff 
But then it's like that there's that trickle yeah. down effect, you know, and all the other people that that means like we know of people who just were like, there's only one band that could ever get me to leave the comfort of my home and fly across the country. And that's 90 pound wuss. And it's like, <laughs> we, we yeah. never would have guessed that, that was yeah. the band, and yeah. that, but I mean, it's, it is what it yeah, is. Yeah. The connections are just meaningful to people. You know, it just, it just, it, there's lots of really good stuff. Project 86 is, is really yeah, cool. That's going to be cool. That's a cool one to add. Showbread Project 86, Piebald, Sparta. Anything else that Norma Jean is going to be killed? I mean, Norma Jean is so just, good yeah. right now. Yeah, they I are. Know, yeah. So we did a, so many shows with them last year, but they sound. I mean, they are so focused and so yeah. good right now. So that's going to be their set at, at Furnace Fest last year was just uh, mm. un, unbelievable. So and yeah, I saw fall. a bunch of footage of that. Hope Hope's Hope's fall is never best. bad. I mean, no, they're just ever. unreal, and they've been there since yeah. the beginning of some of these mm. early yeah. shows too, right? I mean. They were yeah. a huge influence on us early on. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just, just that Friday alone, unbelievable. Unreal. So we're glad. <laughs> well, the cool happening. thing about the the cool one of the cool things and one of the challenges was what do we do now that we changed it? Because the ticket prices were half for Friday, ticket prices were half the price of a normal day. But then once you build mm -hmm. it out, it's like, well, now you got to bring it back up to the price of all the other days. But in but we also know that kind of that's the it's it produces the potential to really dishearten people who didn't know this was going to happen i mean we didn't even know it was going to happen but right, we, we decided and i just feel like for furnace fed this is kind of evidence of the way that we've tried to do business the whole time but we said let's just leave all of the remaining shed bash tickets there's like 3500 tickets for that what we thought was going to be that one stage at the price that they're at and uh, at least for like 12 hours after we announced this lineup we're like the prices are are the same so if you want to get them for half off you can and if they sell out they sell out that's you know that was always the plan anyway to sell out the shed bash but um anyway it's just it's fun to to be able to do crazy stuff like that and then still go back and try to think through how would we as like fans feel if instantly the price went up when you know we had no clue that they were going to build this thing out anyway just right little. yeah yeah for the for the folks who bought three-day tickets you know last week they're getting a crazy deal so but yeah uh, exactly it's true Devin, you want to read saturday yeah i'll do saturday all right well we got up top the big boys and turnstile Ooh. Yeah, and that, that's like I mean, don't react. You got to read all the okay, way through. Okay, all right. Yeah, you're not gonna get ever. All right, get all right. next line down. We're talking head automatica. Wow, that's Thursday. Sayosin, enter Shikari. Don't react. Anxious. Okay. All right, then we're going down the next level. Anxious, becoming the archetype. The Bronx, blessed by a broken heart. Drain. X toll. Foreign hands. Gorilla biscuits. Grand Champ, High Viz, is that right? High Viz, yeah, Holy mm -hmm. Holy Name, Living Sacrifice, Nice, Loathe, Mind Force, Narrow Head, The Pink Spiders, Scowl, Teenage Wrist, Terror, Training for Utopia, <laughs> Wielded Steel, Will Haven, Youth of Today. 
Zayo and Zulu. Yeah, man. Wow. Saturday's crazy. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Saturday's crazy. You Training know what? for Utopia I, is that's unbelievable to me. Dude. It's I another mean, 90 pound wuss kind of thing. I it mean, is. But yeah. It, yeah, no doubt. The reason that Training for Utopia in my mind happened is because Demon Hunter took place the year prior. And yeah. both Don and Ryan were there and took in the festival themselves. And once you have, it's kind of like, once you see it and yep. you experience it, then it's like, oh man, this, yeah. like what's happening here is so special and may not always be, it may not always be here. And so taking advantage of, of that, the moment, but yeah, yeah, Saturday. I think I'm going to lose my voice on MXPX and Berlin, Hope's Fall, Norma Jean, 90 Pound Wuss, Open Hand, Showbread, Piebald, uh, Taylor Acorn, believe it or not, Sparta, and Wit Said and With Honor. So, all those bands, I'm going to lose my voice like four times over on Friday. <laughs> so, by Saturday, I'm just going to be squeaking, walking around. Yeah. <laughs> so good relationship with Turnstile then from the mm-hmm. first time and then blowing up after being booked and all that. Kind yeah, of man. Thing. I mean, yeah, we're super thankful for those dudes. I mean, we, we like to think that we, you know, were that that springboard that projected them into the next hemisphere because mm-hmm. uh, they played they played Furnace Fest twenty twenty one and they just blew up. But um, yeah, but no, I mean. Turnstile is a, I mean, through and through, they're a hardcore band, no matter what. And they love and they they uh, believe in the ideals of hardcore. And so that's why they would say yes to a very small, independent hardcore music festival in Birmingham, Alabama, when they could, you know, go to Riot Fest or, or wherever and just kind of overlook us. So we're stoked that those guys said yes to be the headliners on Saturday. We think that's huge for Amazing. us. Amazing. That's, awesome. that's a big one. I've seen, I feel like I've seen Thursday a hundred times in the last few years, uh, you know, or over the years. But Sayosin, I hadn't seen in a long time, even though, you know, we have a good relationship with them. But uh, Sayosin is going to be, that's going to be good. Oh, it's going to be. Really, yeah, gonna be great. I, I think that the sleeper to me, because I just discovered them, is Enter Shikari. And um, I don't know how familiar you guys are, but they, they actually that have familiar. a couple of songs that that kind of remind me of Emery in, at, in parts. And I even had to double check. And I was like, wait, did they do this song with Emery? Because there, it was that <laughs> similar. It was like a like a wit set moment. But uh, yeah, I don't think yeah, they did. I just but... discovered a band that's 20 plus years old. Yeah, dude. And I'm, my mind's blown. <laughs> I'm like, this band is so, so a, good. I, I mean, I I'm familiar with their name, but I've never spent any time on it. But well, they're, from, definitely they're do that. from Britain, so... Yeah, they're from England, but they're they're like they used to be like a MySpace mm-hmm. like techno metal band. Oh, or, yeah. I don't know, I, I, screamo band. I, I don't know what. I feel like you guys would have would have crossed paths together, but but they now haven't. it's like it's like way poppier. Um, still a lot of electronic, but I don't know. It's just it's incredible. It's to it's me that they are the band. That's Them cool. and Mind Force are the two that I feel like are are just like popping at me what, so hard you know, right now. European is not a disqualifier for me, but Extol, <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Oh my because god, that's, that's gonna be <laughs> so. But they hadn't been playing, or they have. Is that a is there a reunion? No, they haven't. That, yeah. they, that's a reunion. Is that that's a special thing, right? Yeah, yeah. 
That's yeah, huge. That's only, as we far as we know, it's the only show that they've yeah. played in like, I don't know, 12 or 14 years or something. We mm-hmm. played a show with X Toll in Seattle. Wow. It was at some small place. You might have been I mean, there, Chad. This was like, have. oh, this is probably 03. Mm-hmm. Early 03, late 02, somewhere in there. With Agony Scene and X Toll. Agony Scene and X Toll. And, and, and Emory, not a heavy metal band. <laughs> and there was probably 60 people there at some little. And they bar. looked disgusted by yeah. us. I mean, the fans oh, just are oh. like, why are Who you guys this? playing with X Toll? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but X Toll was awesome. So awesome. Yeah, so good. Yeah. And that was one of those things that we were like, uh, we couldn't believe they said yes. So yeah. we're, we're super stoked. But, um, you know, for What's, me personally, like Gorilla Biscuits is like a unicorn band for me to see um, and Youth of Today. So, I mean, I love that. That's awesome. Kind of old school New York hardcore, that posse hardcore movement. Is uh, Bronx yeah. is some kind of uh, from that scene too, right? What no, is Bronx? I don't actually know where the Bronx They remind me a little bit more of like, I don't know. I guess like a, I think of every time I die for some reason. I remember like them. Yeah. When I see them, but I'm not, not that super. Familiar. That's the yeah. great thing with, with Furnace Fest is like a couple of us are super fans and a couple of us are like, who's this band? Who is Let this me band? check them out. <laughs> yeah. No, I remember that band from all the way back. Yeah. But MX Living Sacrifice and Zayo. Whoa. Oh my God. I mean, that that's just, mm. that's exactly Furnace Fest. Yep. Yeah. 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 It is. Yeah, that's just so and, and they're playing back to back. So oh, stay yeah, I think it's I think I think stay it's supposed kid. to be. Here we'll take a quick peek. Are Let's, you already looking at it, Johnny? Yeah, it's Living Sacrifice, Zayo, Training for Utopia, Extol. Wow. Okay, so there's that, gonna. I mean, it feels like there's gonna be some Training for Utopia, Zayo. They have a split EP, so there's yeah. They got to do some there's guest appearance be. thing. That's cool. We haven't heard anything, but I mean. Hmm. One can back only to back. Come on. imagine. Make yeah. a dream. You can dream. Right. We, we can dream. But um, I think that Holy Name is oh, maybe the most exciting Christian project that I've come across in years. It's hmm. so in your face, just like it's kind of like what I remember the early days of Come and Live being, where the hope was that we would create this kind of like environment for people to experience God's presence through worship. And they're doing that, but, but with like, just the heavy, like really heavy songs. And I don't know, I mean, I, I've been so refreshed by what they're doing that I think that's going to be, I think that's even cool. they're playing the pond, which typically you don't think of the pond being like an overflow problem or, or, or like having space issues. But I think we're going to actually have a, a, a like, human bodies don't fit in that space uh kind of thing so that that's my that's prediction cool. anyway that's awesome so anxious or another one insane. oh man so good zulu's crazy yeah that's right all right let's do sunday i'll read it all right here we go bane pennywise so we got two on the top line there and then Haste the day between the buried and me and the bouncing souls. Another incredibly <laughs> hilarious line. Haste the day between the buried and me and bouncing souls. Okay, keep moving. A, yep. a plea for purging, armor for sleep, as cities burn, the callous Dowboys, Casey, chasing victory, defeater, further seems forever, goatee hook, gutter, Jeez. 
inclination, the insiders, it dies today, judge, may, the the military gun, one king down, prayer for cleansing, qualifier, strife, taking meds, trash talk, trenches, and valley heart. Wow. Sunday. Wow. Big day. Got to send. Got to send everybody off feeling. People are going to be so feeling tired. as hyped as they started. They're going to be so tired. I would not want to play Sunday, but I've, some of the Sunday shows seem like they've been incredible, right? Like I, to me, everything we ever do, I want to play first on the first day. I want to be done. Yep. I just you that's know, what that's, I want. That's me. I think that I think you're wise. I I think that the reason there's a Bane and a Pennywise and a Haste today and all those stacked up is just because if if we don't do that, then it, then the temptation is like, I'm tired. Yeah. yeah I, I'm gonna but I, there's some incredible shows that have been furnace fest Sundays have been some of the most incredible shows though. Like there's yeah. been some, like, you know what I mean? Like people get where they need to be for whatever it's going to be, but you would think people would be tired, but like by Sunday, it's just, you're so enchanted by the, like you're almost having the summer camp feel like I live here forever. And you're so in it by that time. It's a different feeling right. that first fresh day where it's like, what is all this? You know? It's so Yeah. Different. The first, I mean, the first year back, it, it was knock loose and turnstile, close the shed and then kill switch engage close main stage so <laughs> nobody's tired when that's really Jeez. happening you know what i mean when, <laughs> when adam adam's just hopping up and down on stage <laughs> that's insane yeah i mean that's crazy i mean bane and pennywise like that's wild yeah that's just wild to me and then obviously you got ass cities burn which lunsford supposed to be on here tonight and he's not on here <laughs> Yeah, where's Lunford? I wanted to ask him about this. I was excited. So as we record this, Lunsford couldn't make the show tonight because he was busy. But he yeah, also, busy. I got the lineup leaked. We got the lineup early to see this, to record this episode. Lunsford didn't know didn't they know. were on it. <laughs> he didn't know. We like, thought wait, he was like, what, we, we're like, you didn't tell us you're going to be on Furnace Fest. And he said, I didn't know we were on it. <laughs> So he did, you know, he said that they had asked about it and he said that they weren't going to do it or he didn't want to do it. And, but they're on it. So it's still left to figure out and we'll talk to him next week or some other week. Maybe about he's, it. maybe it's, the reason he couldn't join it, he's, he's got to have some conversations. About. It's, it's possible that they got to have a different drummer or going to play because he said he wasn't going to do it. And But yeah, they're on it. So I don't, don't even know what's, what well, the story with that is. The only thing that I see wrong with this is that there's there's no Emery, there's no under oath, there's no beloved, yeah. there's no terminal, and there's no he is legend. Mm. Well, I wonder you why know. why could why 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 from a if you had to guess <laughs> as one of those bands, why would promoters potentially pass over you for something else? Well, I didn't want to put, I know, you know, it's, it's tough out there, but since we started getting six figures for shows and festivals, it's <laughs> that just, is true. we didn't want to put that you know, to you. Yeah. You know, I appreciate that, that you guys. Yeah. <laughs> like under oath and a six figures kind of thing. So it's just, it's just the economics of it. I just don't think you can afford it. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it, yeah, it is that that's true. No, Devin, go for it. <laughs> no, I was going to say, you know, what's crazy is we're doing, we have some other plans like this summer and fall and more than normal. Because we're not the full-time touring band. You know us. We do what we yeah. can when we can do it. And, you know, we talked about playing Furnace Fest. That came up. 
And it was like, oh, man, I don't know if we can squeeze it in. Honestly, it would be so difficult for us and our personal schedules. And it bumps me out, honestly, because I see this lineup and I know what it feels like to be there. Mm. I know what it feels like. And that hurts me that it can't happen. But, I I mean, it'd be so awesome to be there again. But I'll tell you what. If I don't know what the future of Furnace Fest is. I know you guys, you know, want to do as long as you can. But if you can get two thirty eight there, oh man, you can We've guarantee I, you. I will guarantee <laughs> that I will be there, and I will force Emory to play for any amount of money. That it takes. Wow! If you get two thirty eight there. Okay, we're, we're planning on being there next year. That's like when we decided that this yep. year might not be the right year for us. We just figured next year, so we'll be there next year. That's the you know that's we intend to be there next year. Yeah, and that and that's called strategy on our part. It's trying to look at you know album release cycles and the celebratory twentieth uh-huh. anniversaries of albums like the week's end their own yeah, chase to that. safety that'll, that'll yeah. work i am hollywood you know there's just there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff in which happened to fall next it sounds year. good yeah, to me like, i don't know if we all have to go as a group he is legend under oath and emory but i'll sign up <laughs> now nah, you, we'll you do yeah, you do you all go sign us up. yeah but if you so if hypothetically emory were on this year's festival where where would you want to be on, like mm. place physically on the flyer, I've and never, then we got to play and, in the shed. Okay, right, yeah, and then that's what shed. I was gonna. That was my next question. Then where, like, what stage, what time, all that? I I want to play in the shed just near sundown. Okay, would be sick. I mean, that's just yep, a dream yeah. of mine personally. I would just like to feel, like feel nightness coming, and I'm in the shed. Yeah, yep. that's something I want to. I just yeah, we don't. That. We never care about being last. We don't care about that. That's not our thing. We like I said, we like to go early, get stuff done. But if you could play in the shed at that, that right as evening kind of starts to hit. So like mm-hmm. seven, oh. six, oh, five, yeah. Sun oh, just that so the tunnel. transition of day to yeah. night. <laughs> that's my favorite thing. Is like when because the late afternoon is the, my least favorite thing like the late yeah. afternoon was hot sun nap time but as soon as the <laughs> yeah. the nightness starts to bring a new magic and you're especially yeah. in the shed like whatever that whoever gets that a bit that's just the coolest thing in the world to me so that's the way but I, you know the pond something about yeah. that pond is cool in the way that mm-hmm. the way you make it feel like it's more of an emo thing yeah, yeah. Yeah. That feels good to me too. So my emo ness wants to be on the pond, and that would be okay. But I really, I don't know. I mean, it depends on who's before and after. I don't want to be in some spot where it doesn't feel good, or there, it, we sure. seem stupid or wussy <laughs> compared to the hardcore bands or whatever. But I, but that would be nice to be in in the shed yeah. near sundown. <laughs> no, that's good, man. That's great. That's why we're, that's why we're talking. We're we are planning a year and a half in advance. Mm-hmm. Awesome. <laughs> Well, we but this wait. just this just seems incredible. What else is there to react to on maybe Sunday? Is if we didn't say May is going to be awesome. Goaty Hook is um, going to be crazy. Goaty Hook is going to oh, be so man. so fun. That's yeah. Oh, that's going to trash talks going to be wild trenches. Oh man! So I was um, I the was a, day's a big deal. That's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's a huge deal. And so, but I was a '90s punk kid, so. Having Bouncing Souls and Pennywise, That's so you know, with Bouncing Souls singing True Believers and then Pennywise, the Bro Him and Fuck Authority. Yeah, that's crazy. That's going to be epic. 
just ringing across Los Furnas, you know, the Brohim is uh, is something that I'm like, I'll probably shed a tear. But Bane is a huge thing. But what what did oh, Bane yeah. have? They stopped playing and are are playing again. And what was yeah. their what's their took like a seven year uh, hiatus? Released a documentary that I just watched. It was actually really really well done. And um, but they were one of those bands that they were like a workhorse band mm-hmm. that just yeah. nonstop touring, and then they went away. And then this was the year they're like, all right, we're gonna do a couple of shows. So they're doing two hometown shows in Boston or, or Worcester mass. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and furnace fest. So we yeah, played with yeah. them in Europe one time. Devin, do you remember that at the wow, big barely, festival and we at some giant festival and they played in the afternoon and it just, they in Europe or whatever. And they just had this crazy crowd. Yeah. And yeah. I, well, I wasn't that familiar with them, but just saw, you know, saw their energy and what they were and just, you know, and it was just totally, killed in just somewhere in Europe and it's like everybody here knows Bane. It was really cool. Yeah, they're they're one of those quintessential like great hardcore bands who have been so influential in the scene. And for them to say yes to Furnace Fest again was was I mean we were just honored by it. So to have them and um we're yeah we're super stoked about it. That's That's awesome. So much stuff going on. So, you know, we've got Nick. Uh, let could we talk a little bit more about something you said before about last year being hard and the things that are difficult about this and the future? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, last year was difficult on many, on many levels. One was that we, I mean, look. I mean, we we made some bad financial decisions. Uh, I think we, if we were all honest with each other, we made some bad decisions. But also the economy really killed us. Because if you guys remember last year, travel was insane. It was yeah. like triple the cost of what it is now. And so to fly into Birmingham, Alabama was twice as much as it was to fly into it, you know, to L.A. or to to New York or Dallas or wherever. So for somebody to spend, you know, a couple hundred bucks for a weekend ticket, a flight, room and board, food, it was just, it was out of reach for a lot of people. And so we felt that and, um, and it was very difficult. So it created a lot of stress and frustration for us. That's not to say that the event wasn't, I mean, absolutely beautiful and amazing because we had a great time. The lineup was insane to have Sunny Day Real Estate was, yeah you know, was a dream. And so it was a great lineup, but yeah, it created a significant amount of frust, uh, just frustration and stress. But, you know, thankfully we were able to navigate that and to, you know, mitigate our losses and to be able to put ourselves in a position to where we could do really good this year. But yeah, last year was difficult, man. So go ahead, Chad. Oh uh, yeah. I was just going to say, I think, I think what made last year so hard was that we had come off of such an enormous win you know we we had worked through the pandemic through postponing the festival twice three times i can't remember several times anyway uh and we dealt with being called nazis and you know like all these crazy things because we were trying to implement a safe festival coming back out of the pandemic and and we just dealt with you know all all the challenges that come with putting on a festival again and it it 
I mean, everybody turned up. I mean, maybe some people would hear 12,000 as a number and, and think, well, that's nothing, you know, like, like a riot fest is like 50,000, you know, or this other crazy festival blinks playing, you know, for however many, but furnace fest was probably 2000 people at, at like a really strong average per year. So to six X, the original <laughs> was uh, just yeah. like mind blowing to us. And, uh, and last year just did not do that. And um, I think for me personally, as I look back, I realized that the first year went so well, I just placed all my energy elsewhere. And I was just like, okay, we like, yeah, we'll keep doing Furnace Fest, but it's kind of like, well, just, I don't know. I, I And I don't know that anyone else uh, on Team Furnace Fest would feel the same way, but I I don't think that my heart was really in it. And as a result, I don't, I didn't chase anybody the way I normally would, you know, like that 238 song, Devin chase, chase what makes your heart flutter yep, or whatever. Yep. However, that is. I wasn't chasing what was making my heart flutter at all. I was just being a lazy ass and uh, messing around with crypto and losing money, but um, <laughs> really the truth, you know, like, yeah. but um, I think that it, it was a lesson that we all had to learn, you know, going through it. We, we almost broke up as a team. We, I mean, man, we were pushed to the very brink of what any small young business would absolutely despise dealing with, which is a very, very tough um, situation. And so even the fact that, that we're now looking at, that I have it pulled up on my computer and looking at this, this blue, uh, you know, soft blue, flyer with mxpx on friday is just like wow that's it feels like the most monumental hurdle <laughs> yeah has been to overcome, have survived you know? uh-huh. yeah. yeah 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 like we're we're still here i can't believe it <laughs> we're not dead how's that possible so yeah. it sounds like you made money the first year and lost money the second year if you don't mind me yep no exactly it that way that seems that's like exactly that. that's 100 percent we made a lot of money the first year. We lost a lot of money the second year. Yeah. Yeah. And it, but you know, and it was it, the first year we did not expect it. It's like what you said, you know, none of us saw it coming. And so it was a total, I mean, we, at the start, we we're like, we'll just do this for free. We'll do, we don't, let's just do a nonprofit. Who cares? Let's, this is just fun. It's all, you know, we had no idea how much time and energy and, and effort this would take. But then last year it was like, okay, now we, now we know. And I think we came out of last year with like, if we're going to do this again, this lineup can't have even a, a crack or a seam or a like possibility of not delivering. Like if there's right. anything on this that just doesn't work, it can't be here because it's, it's just way too risky um, any, you know, any other way. And so how's this year looking ticket wise and financially? Yeah, I mean, it, it. This I was just telling. We were just chatting uh, with with Mike. He texted a, a few minutes ago, and we we are almost exactly where we were twenty twenty one before we announced the lineup. So it's really weird that right now we're like in this place where it's like the the original footprint is like close to being sold out. Um, the, the momentum is back. The excitement is back. The level of internet kind of, uh, 
sensationalism feels back the 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 excitement but also some of the hate mail you know just like <laughs> i can't believe you didn't add this band or that band um you know but but it's because people care and it just yeah. it feels very it feels very strong um but I, I wish you know in some ways i wish we were doing this a, a week from now because then it'd be like oh now the lineup's dropped and i can tell you, you exactly so so there's some anxiety <laughs> to how people yeah. react to this and what the ticket sales actually do and you're going to be are you going to be glued to like the like what do you watch to see where they like how I do watch you... the comments comments and and the ticket sales definitely yeah, those comments and the... ticket sales are what we glued to so yeah i mean we're we're super nervous, man. I mean, <laughs> I'm I'm so this, sorry. this is four guys. This is it four guys suck, putting dude. on this a music festival. Sucks. This isn't Live Nation. This isn't mm-hmm. eight. Right. I mean, yeah, I know. Like this is four guys. I, I own a hair salon. You know, Chad works for. I own a, I own a company. house for now. You know, Ryan sells like. <laughs> I don't know what he sells. He sells shit for like air hangers or whatever. Mike's a promoter in Dallas. Like, you know, we're not a huge company. So, um, so yeah, I mean, we're nervous, but we're confident in what we've created this year. And so we're super stoked. That's right. You know, when I, when I see that Bain sells out almost 7,000 tickets uh, over a weekend for yeah, their like Boston or Worcester shows, it's kind of like, okay, when I see footage of turnstile, uh, and it's like just bananas, how many people are showing up for them alone. And then I see, you know, MXPX and we're the only other festival aside for wh- when we were young on, on their, you know, on, on their Instagram, it's, uh, you know, then just like those are sort of the three at the top. Then I start breaking it down. Like, okay, the X dolls, the not, yeah, mm-hmm. we're yeah, going to be fine cool. this year, but last year was a, was a very costly. Do lesson. you hate booking agents? No. Uh, <laughs> how would you answer that, Johnny? Who are you asking? Who, I'm just saying, guy? I'm just saying, you know, booking agents, they're, they're out there. They're, oh, they're man, out. I mean, we, yeah, they're a challenge in the music industry. <laughs> The hardest part is probably this, what we're dealing with right now, because we have what to us is a perfect flyer, Mm -hmm. but by tomorrow, this flyer will have red lines all through it. Uh One band will probably want to be higher than the other font needs to be bigger. What if we (laughs) did this? What if we did that? You know, that, that part, but I would actually argue that the, the agents working with Furnace Fest have been in incredibly gracious super supportive very very um Chad, easy to so work sweet. with yeah no uh, i just I mean, picture you oh, over they're... there just talk like you text somebody that you know it's like oh dude totally and it's like yeah talk to our agent and you're like fuck yeah, like, what uh, no i mean it's i think i'll connect you to our like, agent it's like shit yeah. I mean, there, no, there are there are exceptions to the rule but yeah. i, would I won't tell you what kevin lyman said about <laughs> yeah about yeah we, <laughs> oh, but man. by and large be, because of the history that furnace fest has i think that there's a level of of um rapport Sure. And respect that no like up and coming company could buy with any amount of money. It's like only time and blood, sweat, and tears 
gets you that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Well, the relationships are everything because what else is it? I mean, if it's not the relationships you have and the people yeah. that want to do it and the agents, you know, realistically, they go to the bank and go, but you want to do it. So how is this going to, you know, so I know you get some bands that deals and probably some bands that not deals. I, I can't even imagine, but you know, hmm. there's a lot of bands that want to do it and figure out how to do it and everybody, and there's the support part of it, but you know, everybody thinks it's awesome. So it's, if, if yeah. you, if you're the guys that can pull it together and make it happen with all the different forces, then you know every it's a it's a it's a high stress thing that I don't envy. Like I don't have it. I just don't even know why. I don't even know what you get out of it. Like I mean, I, I you know maybe you make money or something, but it sounds so stressful. I can't can't believe it. It is it is very stressful, but but it's also there. There's there's so much joy. Yeah. Of seeing the community together and seeing even even last year, even though we knew going into it, like dudes were we're, we're going to lose money on this. This sucks. Um, all of us, I feel like 95% of the festival had the best attitudes. We're like just loving our lives. You know, there came a point where we just had to turn off the, the money question and just like, you know what, somehow call it faith for some of us, call it, you know, just sheer willpower for others. Um, he just said, we're going to make it. We're going to get through this. And we're in this together. There's thousands of people that think this is valuable and find connection and community here. So yeah. they're for us. They're with us. And we're, you know, we're going to. Yeah. If it was just another job, we would have, we would absolutely would have. Oh, yeah. Fold it. And, uh, yeah. If it was just another tuck, job, tuck, but it's not. Tail and. The the I've never seen almost anybody more in their element than when you get when you talked before the beloved set in 2021. Like oh, that yeah. you because oh, yeah. we're I'm I'm standing on the side of the stage with Devin and Toby and everybody in Lunsford, and it's like you go out there and talk before that epic set, and you talk like there's not a, like money isn't something that is related to what that moment must be or feel like to be, you know what I mean? Like whatever that was yeah. that you were experiencing at that moment, it's, it's, it's not money's not really in relation no, to that. No, I mean, there's, for me, there's always been and still is uh, an incredible spiritual drive. That is a hope that, somehow in the midst of all of this craziness that I can help whether, whether it's the 90 pound wusses that come back from the dead years later, or the Emery's that, that, that I've known for years and years, or, uh, you know, the, the MXPXs that I'm a fanboy for and tripped over my words. The first time they came, they came into the tooth and nail offices. Cause I couldn't believe that <laughs> MXPX was in the house, you know, like, that uh, there's been a, a spiritual drive and a, a hunger for me to help radiate what what and who Jesus means to me. And, uh, and, and not, you know, Furnace Fest is maybe the only place where Christians and non-Christians alike, I feel no awkward shame, guilt, f- weird feelings in saying that. I don't feel like I have to like kind of... Um, what's the word, you know, like, I, I don't have to like, 
justify what I'm about to say or, or kind of like, but you know, I'm not this kind of person or not this kind of, I'm not with these guys or um, anyway, it's just been, uh, yeah, I think furnace fest has, uh, has mattered far more to me and to all of us than we could have ever thought because it's yeah, big, bigger than uh, any of us. So that's cool. Yeah. That's great. What do you, what, um, how about the future of furnace fest? Well, I mean, we've shot. committed to do it through 2024, and so we haven't made any decisions, of, you know. You've committed to Emory's slot next year. We've yes. committed to Emory's slot, <laughs> and that is 30 on nice. the shed, <laughs> right. unless, unless there's really heavy metal bands playing around you. <laughs> right. Unless this just would be weird, then we'll just right. take an early time. Emory, then Deftones, and then we're right. done with the entire festival. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> That'd be perfect. I think I, I think that the that like to be uh to continue in the transparency front, and we as a team, we really haven't talked about this as a group. So it is tra- being made probably too transparent for uh, a podcast, but I feel like the challenge with talking to you guys is that you're you're not just a podcast, you're friends. And so it's like, how do you talk? Anyway, I'm not good at, at, at being anyone other than just who I feel like I'm supposed to be. But in my mind, Furnace Fest will more than likely end next year. Like, that's just my gut. I could be wrong. I'm willing to be wrong. I was wrong the first time when Johnny said, let's do it. Mm-hmm. But in my mind, I already see 2024 Furnace Fest the top of the flyer reads the last chapter and that's just kind of um because i think the level of risk that it requires to do this is there comes a point where that you 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 have a you have like kind of the pyramid and all of a sudden the level of risk is is just more than what uh you're likely to deliver from it and yeah. i just don't i i'm not convinced as of right now that we can keep delivering year after year after year the kind of lineups that we've been delivering right. and i think that we can do that i know we I, I know we did it this year i'm convinced we can do it again next year but then after that even though it would be the 25th anniversary of furnace fest 2025 I don't know. I just, I don't know where we go. Like I do, I really struggle with that. So let me say that I hope, and that I I don't see the same thing that Chad sees. (laughs) One, (laughs) but two, Chad is, 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 is right. When he says that there's just a massive risk of this. And so it's tough in the music industry when you're just independent promoters who are trying to do something really special. I mean, it really is. And so there's a huge risk here. Um, the reality is, is that we can't compete with them. We were youngs and, and riot fast and those we can't. And so bands are, are used to pay, getting paid 50 mm-hmm. to $80,000 mm-hmm. a set. And we're like, you know, we're, you're playing the eight to 10 to, maybe 12,000 people in Birmingham and we're creating something super special. And they're like, we don't care. Yeah. It's just on a spreadsheet somewhere to some people at some point. It's tough. And so, you know, in order to do that really pat, we've committed to do it next year. So we're going to do it no matter what happens, but 
Um, to do it past that would be a massive challenge. And so um, I hope that it happens, but who knows? We're, we're I mean, how would <clears throat> Devin or, or Matt, how would you envision the festival growing beyond next year? My my impression when I was there in 2021 was this would be so cool if they did it every four years like the Olympics. Mm. Okay, cool. That's, that's cool what. Idea. That's just my. That's just what I. You know, because how can you do? You know, get something like this to happen every. The year comes so fast. I mean, it seems yeah. so insane, and and with reunions being part of it or whatever. It, I mean, there's plenty to do, but there's a ebb and flow to everything. And like you know, festivals are big, and then they all died, and then there's some they come back, and then I don't. I mean, there's some weird thing about human behavior and cycles of anything. It's like like you know, I was texting with you earlier, Chad, about bad Christians. Like, well, it's on the shelf right now, but there's something. It's something mm-hmm. like it, it, there's something to do with it. That's probably at some other point, but there's the, it goes in. There's things that are in cycles, you know, like that. So, you know, it's just when you're when you're a band trying to get do your year, you have to play a certain amount of shows, and you you think what you're worth at, th- at this kind of stuff. So, for a lot of bands, I'm sure it's like. Well, why would I take way less to do this? Sure, and I'm so I'm that, right there that's with a, that's something. I get it. Yeah, we get it. it it's, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I think for me, it's like the the struggle is once you've reunited a beloved, a ninety pound wuss, a Maylene in the Sons of Disaster, mm-hmm. a Blindside, a Head Automatica, hey, a Bane. A haste a day, all these things. You can't just like a year later or two, even two, maybe, maybe four years, but you can't quickly be like, hey guys, we have haste the day again, Bane again, had Automatica again, Beloved again. I mean, yes, those are all great, but they're, it doesn't have the same punch, right. I don't think, as it does that first time you hear it, you see it on your phone you're like what i can't believe these guys got goatee hook like <laughs> wow right. I, man i gotta go listen to sumo surprise right now you know and um two years later it's like they got goatee hook again man that's so cool <laughs> i'm gonna go listen to sumo surprise like we're not robots so there's an there's an emotional um heart string that we're able to pull on and i just think that our our days are numbered in terms of, of how many yeah more crazy you know like outlandish um reunion i think if we could maybe if we could transition furnace fest to just being a regular kind of festival within this the scene with these kind of bands and everyone was okay with the fact that but I, i just don't know that financially we can pull off I just don't, I don't see it having the yeah. same effect. I don't know why somebody yeah. would fly all the way to Alabama when they could go someplace way cheaper and mm-hmm. cooler to see something even bigger. So, well, uh, way cheaper, but not way cooler, Chad. Not That's yeah, true. Right. Not way cooler. Yeah. I mean, it <laughs> I mean, seems yeah, like Birmingham there's some, the best. it seems like there's a little bit of space in the top section of bands that you still, there's still bands that you probably could get mm-hmm. at some point. There's, you know, like you mentioned Deftones. That's kind of like a that's kind of like a band that could straddle the fence of this world 
and into the mainstream world, obviously. And there's other bands that, you know, you guys probably haven't gotten yet that would be a dream to get to become to this festival. So having some of those options up there and then you can, the mid levels and the lower level bands, I mean, those are kind of interchangeable at times and you can find some other ones to fill spots and all that, but I get it. I mean, it's hard to, to be able to forecast that future of like, okay, can we make that impact year after year Mm -hmm. after year? I understand that stress. That's some kind of business thing, but, but it's founded on your relationships with these bands that come and play for just because you want to make it happen. Like it starts with that. And so, you know, I'm not a (laughs) I'm not a big fan of the live nations and everybody, you know, it's a different thing when you're dealing with them than with people you want to, it's just different. I mean, there's no, there's no other way to say it. Like, you know, it's, there's, there's the thing where you just, you, there will be people that want to do special things and, and it will always be cool that it's different and done the other way or some other way. That'll always be cool, but there's only a certain amount that can, you know, if you stay open to that, there's always be, I mean, you never thought you'd be here now doing this and you never know what, 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 what there is. So it's nice to leave it really open like that is the way I think about it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you're right. It is, it's too early to say, I think that, uh, I think we've got a first step is get through this year and enjoy this year and watch how the community responds and then kind of ask ourselves like, you know, Okay, but how do we handle 2024? I mean, we've had you guys on here for a long time. You know, we've been talking about this, and we appreciate you guys taking the time and kind of going a little deeper than even maybe we expected you to go. So thank you for that. Um, We we do have one more, you know, little thing we want you to participate in. If you don't mind, just stick around for just a couple more minutes. Now, but but we want to say real quick. Uh, yes, we have a survey. Just hang on the line. Um, yeah. No, but real quick, where where do people get Furnace Fest tickets? What do you want to tell people about the tickets? And what's something you want to tell everybody real quick before we do a couple of our little calls to action here? Yeah, FurnaceFest.us for tickets. Okay. And um, Instagram, Furnace Fest. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like... I don't want to tell somebody to come. I, I feel like just going you won't to the believe lineup. Birmingham in September. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 a, it's, perfect. it's perfect. It's perfect. It can be Birmingham perfect. is, it is just so look at, great. just look at the flyer. It's I Birmingham mean Birmingham is, is one of the cities. It's one of the cities that I just love the most. It, it is a, like, an, this is where I could totally be, yeah. especially it's in a the great city. It's, it's an incredible place. combination is, of the city, the venue. Is and incredible, and, the venue and then is, the lineup is just unbelievable. So, yeah, so I, yeah. I say we're not even going to be there this year. We're going to be there next year, and you know when and where. But <laughs> I, this is, you know, I really believe that that to travel to there is worth as a thing worth doing. It's absolutely yes, worth very it. much, very much. All right, yeah, let I me run know. through these real quick, and then we got one more little question for you. Uh, sure. So we're going to pay some bills. We have a cover song coming out uh, i think oh it's already out by the time this podcast airs we will have a brand new cover song we did a bunch of covers over the past few months but this one we did actually during the pandemic it was a mm. cover of billy eilish's song called my future which was wow. kind of a little different thing for us we did everlong recently we did we have an ep coming out with some cover songs but this is one that kind of nice. was a different different style for us and i really had that one interesting thing fact about that one was it was during the pandemic and nothing was happening billy eilish re- released that album and we mm-hmm. did the cover 
if you remember, Devin, literally the day after the song came out. Yeah. You sent me a text and said, you sent me the song and said, check out this new song, Billie Eilish. I was like, oh, that's pretty sweet. And then you said, let's cover it. I was like, okay. And then I just sang the song that night. Yeah. Listened to it and sang it. And then you added all the instruments. I thought it would blow up because it'd be the first cover of something or whatever. We just put it on YouTube <laughs> or something. But, you know, we had, we never yeah. released it or put it on Spotify or anything like that. But now that. we're putting but it, it out. out. so good. Yeah. We're putting it out everywhere. So check that out. Uh, let cool. us know what you think. We would love to hear about it. You going to say something, Chad? No, oh, no. I was right. just going to say that's cool. Oh, I'm thanks. excited to hear well, that. Hopefully you guys like EP. it. Yeah. So also we're going to Hawaii. I can't complain about that. End of April, we're playing Hawaii is for Lovers Fest, which is going to be really, really awesome. I'm taking my family. I think Matt's taking his family. We're going to make it a little little vacation, which is really, really awesome. Uh, so y'all April- don't feel like rivals with this for Lovers, do no. you? Because that's another one of those homegrown fests This is a real yeah. deal oh, kind of amazing. thing where when you go there, you're like, yeah, okay, this isn't corporate. This is, cool. this is like the community. The only, bummer, so. the only bummer for me is that they're playing the caverns within oh. our radius mm, clause, yeah. and so it's oh, like yeah. we can't there's a whole bunch of bands we could have gotten that were like, uh, uh, didn't work, but no, no, yeah. it's, it's incredible what they're doing. Love it. Yeah. We've it's been just, friends with Hawthorne Just for Heights the record, forever. it's like a really cool, like it feels good too. If you're there at it, it yeah. feels like, you're like yeah, it's Oh, very the similar. people that care about the thing and it is the good thing in the good way that doesn't feel like yeah, it's beautiful. big mega companies doing things. Yeah, so it's exactly. awesome too. But we're going to be playing Hawaii is for lovers. We'll be playing with Bayside. Mayday Parade, Hawthorne Heights, Sayosin, and I think they're going to be announcing more and tickets are on sale at isforloversfestival.com. We're also doing a Shallow Seas uh, show. Um, we're going to be doing a lot of those this year, actually, but we're doing one in Seattle, our secondary home hometown uh, show. That's for sure. That's where we got started. So we're going to be going into Seattle on April 2nd, playing at Numo's, which is such an awesome venue. Uh, t- we've sold like 400 tickets. I think the cap's like 600. So there's not too many left. The pre-show's sold out. We're playing While Broken Hearts Prevail, uh, which is our EP that came right before Shallow Seas We Sail. Uh, and we're going to be also playing with the Classic Crime, who has a brand new album that's coming out. I think that's their album release show, actually. So they're going to be releasing the album at that day at the show. Tickets are 25 bucks at emorymusic.com. Uh, and then also in like a week and a half, me, Matt, and Toby are going out on a Songs and Stories tour, which we talked about. We played Birmingham uh, not too long ago. We played some great shows in Atlanta and Nashville as well. But we're going to... Columbus, Ohio, sold out. Pittsburgh, PA on March 3rd. Uh, There's some tickets for that one. I think that's the only one that there's tickets available now. We're trying to figure out Philadelphia if we can add some more tickets, which is on March 4th. And then March 5th is New York City. It's a matinee show that's also sold out. And then we're going to be in Portland on March 29th, and we're going to Vancouver, BC on March 30th. So there's, you know, you'll see some tickets available for a couple of those shows, but, you know, we told you, get them. They're going to sell out. Uh, these are really cool, intimate shows that we don't have a lot of space, and uh, we have a really good time taking questions, um, just telling stories, and just playing different versions of our songs, which we really love to do. No ticket fees like Live Nation and all those big-ass <laughs> companies that charge all those damn ticket fees. Wait, how do, how do you guys do no ticket fees? We just, just sell the tickets. On, okay, here's the thing about website. ticket fees. They're made up because we have a website. <laughs> where people put in their credit card and when they put in the credit card, it charges Ah. us 2.9 plus 30% transaction fee. And then the money we have it I don't know what the fees are about. 
Uh, so we just if we yeah, ticket our own event, it turns that's out the money incredible. just comes straight through, and nobody has to ta- charge so, an extra fifteen dollars or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I don't know where that money goes? That's kind of but, brilliant. You guys well, have always yeah. been forerunners in all these crazy <laughs> ideas. <laughs> it's just like they have the Started money the and they give bus. it to us, and then we yeah. have it. Plus Visa yeah. gets a three. A little, you know, that's normal. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, no ticket fees. Emrymusic.com. Also, we run a. Uh, I don't know if you guys knew this or not. Maybe you've placed an order before, but we we have a sex toy shop called MarriageSupply.com. Do you guys know? Yeah. That? Oh yeah. All. You know. I mean, if you ever need anything, Toby will send something your way. You know, you, just, you know, whatever, whatever. Nice. So, uh, go to MarriageSupply.com. You can get use code all over for ten percent off. Also, Toby has a new podcast. He gets to talk about sex with a wonderful uh, sex education, uh, Doctor Stormy. Uh, it's called Sex One Hundred One. It doesn't. It's not fair for you to promo all Toby stuff when he's gone this week, which we haven't even. Well, am I supposed Mention, to? And last week when you were missing, everybody just talked shit on you. And here you are. I know. Man, I haven't even said it. And I'm <laughs> helping Toby out here. Is there a chat specific uh, code that we can use? Yes. It's called it's called douche douchebag. <laughs> code douchebag. Gets you 20, douchebag. 20% off. 20% yeah. off douchebag. To add that in. We'll, we'll honor it. <laughs> so you guys can send in listener questions to Toby about that. But also... Send in uh, questions to us at hello at ermymusic.com. We're going to be taking more and more like music questions and, you know, behind the scenes story questions, things like that. So make sure send those in. And then last but not least, you can join Emory Land. Um, we give you guys, we give them tons of new music all the time. We, we're, we just gave them uh, a brand new cover in there. We give them um, everything that we get and we record, we give it to them instantly. And then we give it to the public months and months later, typically. That's the way Emeryland works. But they have our whole catalog. They have all of our video albums. They have tons and tons of stuff. They get the part due of this podcast, um, which is a whole extra hour of us just being idiots and having fun. Um, You also get 20% off everything in the store. You can get 20% off shows. Ticket, uh, songs and story shows, merch, uh, all kinds of stuff like that. And custom songs as well. So... And also, we just got our brand new album uh, on vinyl, Rub Some Dirt on it. After like 100 years, it took forever to get the stupid thing in. And we finally got it, and they're starting to ship those things out. So it should be on the way real soon. If you don't have that yet, you can go to emorymusic.com to grab that and also join Emoryland if you would like to do so. So thank you guys for sitting through that. We appreciate it. We know it's late. We're all older fellas now. We don't want to go to bed. I know it's about that bedtime. But we did want to ask you one last thing. And I know it's kind of an off-the-cuff thing, and maybe it's hard to think of, but try to go back deep into your mind and give us real quick your top three Furnace Fest performances that you've ever experienced. Each of you get to give us three right now. You can go back and forth one-to-one. So yeah, one-to-one. One. Bounce back and forth. Something already leapt to both of your minds, though, I imagine. So just think go strong, with the first thing that jumped arm. out. Yeah, that strong arm and Dillinger escape plan. First, was that the first year? Was that 2000? Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. 2000. First year. I mean, those both of those were because it was like the first time ever seeing bands in the shed stage, you know, and like Mm. to to see Mm -hmm. those bands in the shed stage. Yeah, those are the first two that come to mind. That's cool. Trying to think of the third. Yeah, mine would be 
Norma Jean, was it 2002 when it was their last show with Josh and Aaron oh. came out for me without you? Yeah, that's big on YouTube. That's I've a good seen one. that. Dude, I mean, that, yeah, that, that set was pretty epic. Um, where were you? Um, where I was in the in? middle, I was in the middle of the crowd. Nice. That's so, cool. That's um, right. Do you remember that one, Chad? I do. Yeah, that was great. That's when, wasn't that the one that Josh said he was, uh, he was leaving, he was quitting? Oh, yeah, that was it. Yeah, that was the last show that Josh did. Dang. He was like, guys, I'm done. See yeah. ya. Drop the and mic. In 2002, oh, Andrew WK was. Yeah, oh, you're right. Oh, that's, that's, it. that's cool. That's it, 100%. Yeah, it was epic. Oh. So that's rad. Chad, in those early, if you were there, like you said earlier, doing security and bouncer and everything else, but videoing and stuff like that. There's that under oath video of the of yeah. them with Dallas and everything playing, and you're you're up on stage running around with the camera in that in the in the YouTube video. I love that one. So that that That's under cool. oath early under oath one seemed like it was a good one. Uh, there were so many. I mean, I feel like there were few. There are few Furnace Fest performances that don't r- resonate with me. I mean, I, I I do feel like there's something about when you gather so many people together and and so many friends together, and then it's like, oh, here's our here's our chance. Yeah. We're gonna go, you know, extra crazy. But I mean, that yeah. 2021 year when we obviously the beloved show was yeah, yeah. Was, yeah that's a, the that's electricity a in that shed stage was yeah. just unbelievable. strong oh, stretch and we and, and and for me personally when we were over at the uh, pond stage i got to see mineral which was huge for me because early and, and matt and toby that was huge for us like early on like mineral was a big big deal and then uh, apple sea cast and those bands i mean that our emo hearts were just like man, it was just i was loving it floating yeah there was a moment that happened for me and Dave where we went to the shed stage in the middle of the afternoon and from we we're just standing in the back and saw 18 visions and just seeing James up there just doing it, just being like like he just absorbs the attention at some level that's just totally insane. Yeah. And he was just it was just 18 visions in the middle of the afternoon and he's just like being so glam and rock star just at the highest level that that guy can only bring and he just goes out there and he just is tossing the mic to the crowd and just nonchalant just unbelievable but that for i remember that and the yeah, beloved that awesome. and that yeah. night was zayo on the shed after it was dark and everything oh, that yeah. was just Converge. the way the whole the crowd just turns into this one thing where they're just moving like this blob that's yeah. in the zayo darkness it was unbelievable but that's those awesome. ones stick out to me that's great yeah it's yeah pretty incredible well, moments well, we memories. really Really appreciate you guys being here tonight. Thanks for hanging out with us late and uh, thanks for sharing a lot of boys. Yeah, that was awesome. It's an honor, man. It was great. Thank you, yeah, thank you yeah, guys loved, for doing what you do. We, we, we'll, we really appreciate it. We'll meet you at the shed stage next year. Nice. I'm I'm ready. Thank you guys. All right. See you guys. Thanks. Yep. Have All a great right, night. Good, love you, boys. Good luck to you on everything. Hey, you too. Thanks. Hey guys. See ya. <laughs>